shoes to slap somebody with. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Second <laughs> uh, Corinthians 1 and 20. For all the promises of God in him are yes. And in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. That's in the New King James Version. But I found another version. I just kind of like it a little bit better. For all the promises of God find their yes. Find their yes in him. If it's a promise of God, it's yes according to Christ. And that is why it is through him that we utter our amen to the glory, to God for his glory. Amen. I don't know what your prayer has been recently, but my prayer has been, Lord, send your glory. We need your glory. You know, you know I wanted to find out, and I'm, I'm going to pray here in just a minute, but I wanted to find out how many promises in God's word for you and I. So I asked Dr. Google. Hello, amen. He is the authority anymore. You just go to Google and put in whatever question you have, and you'll get a plethora of answers. The first one that popped up, 8,810. I thought that was wonderful. Then it said 7,487 of them are promises made by God to humankind. Okay. And then I read on down, it said, somebody said, there's 7,000 promises. Then I read on down, and somebody said, there's 10,000 promises. Then I read somewhere where somebody said, there's only 300 promises. And then there's somebody wrote that there's 5,467 promises. And so I, got, I came to the conclusion, there's a whole lot of promises. <laughs> Amen. That I, I and, and I don't, you know, I'm not going to sit there and hold my Bible open and say number one, two, and I don't know who did it for eight thousand eight hundred and ten promises, Amen. But the bottom line is, there's a whole lot of promises for you and I in the Word of God, Amen. And so I'm going to preach on all eight thousand eight hundred and ten promises this morning, Amen. So we're going to be here for a while. <laughs> Actually, we're going to give you five prophetic promises I believe God is speaking in this hour. Father, in the next few moments, I just pray that you would arrest our hearts and minds with your presence, that there would be an anointing upon this house, an anointing to hear your word, receive your word, understand your word. Lord, I pray an anointing upon these lips of clay that I may speak, Lord, not as an ordinary man, but, Lord, as one that has been chosen by you to deliver your word and your message for this hour. God, I pray that there will be strongholds broken today. I pray, Father, that there will be breakthroughs and turnarounds and healings and deliverances and salvation. Lord, I pray if somebody's watching us online, Lord, that they will experience the anointing and the power of God right where they may be, whether they're driving their car or sitting in their home, Father, that you're able to touch them today. And we're going to give you all the glory for what is accomplished in this place because you deserve the glory, the honor, and all the praise. In Jesus' name, would you give your, your Lord another hand clap of praise? Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen and amen. Before you're seated, turn to somebody, look them in the eye, shake their hand and say, you look better than you did the last time I saw you. Amen. Praise the Lord. God, amen. Hallelujah. You know, this season, 
that we have been in for the last, I say, 18 months is unlike any that many of us have ever faced in our life. You know, I know in my life, I've never seen anything like this. And yet in the midst of this season, what I have sensed is that God is needing something from us. He wants something from you. He wants something from me. That will, as a lead up to experiencing those promises that he gives us in his word. Matter of fact, there's two important words I want to just give you this morning. First of all, there must be a new diligence. A new diligence in this critical moment that we're living in. We've got to have a new diligence. Uh, I mean, do you struggle with diligence? I know I do at times. And because when you understand diligence, diligence is that careful, persistent work or effort. That no matter what's going on, you're going, you're pursuing, you're moving forward, you're trusting, you're believing, you're doing what you have to do. Uh, that's being diligent. And I think all of us struggle with that at times. I, I think all of us will have moments where we, we, we have that, 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 that enemy whisper in our ear, just quit, just give up. Just stop doing all the things that you're doing. You're doing too much. You, you don't need to read your Bible today. And you don't need to pray today. And you don't need to go to church on this Sunday. Why don't you just go on out to the lake or go on out to the beach and, uh, and do whatever you want to do. You just don't need to be in the house of God. And there, but it takes a diligence, a diligence. The, see, the Bible speaks to us about diligence. Diligence is the fundamental part of the, of the Christian walk. It's, it, we, we have to be diligent in everything that we do so that we do it with purpose and not just with a fleeting robotic attitude as some minions running around in line with the leader because that's what we're supposed to do. Amen? Because here's the reality. If there's no purpose, there's no direction. And if there's no direction, there's no reason for living, amen. So the point I'm trying to let you know, we have a purpose and we have direction and we also have a reason for everything and that's why we must be intentional and purposeful in everything that we are doing. Matter of fact, the Bible says in Proverbs 13 and 4, the soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing while the soul of the diligent is richly supplied, Amen. So you see the difference there, the person that is lazy, the person that is slothful, the person that is not diligent, they don't get anything for their efforts, amen. But the person that stays diligent, the person that stays committed, the person that stays with their hands to the plow and not looking back, amen, is the person that is going to be richly rewarded, amen. Now I'm not just talking about earthly riches, I'm talking about heavenly riches, amen, because you may not experience earthly riches on this side of life but in eternity you will experience the riches of our heavenly father as he blesses us amen I think about another scripture that, got, that, that Paul gave to the Galatians he says he says do not grow weary in doing what is good for in due season you will reap if you do not give up amen I want to just tell somebody here this morning you can't quit you can't give up. You can't lay down and say, you know what, I'm not going to do it anymore because you've got to understand the salvation of your family, the salvation of this generation is, is predicated upon you and I remaining diligent and choosing not to give up in this critical hour, amen? Hallelujah. The second word I want you to grab a hold of before I give you these five prophetic promises is simply this. We have to have a spirit of fearlessness. 
Turn to your neighbor and say, be fearless. Be fearless. A spirit of fearlessness. You know, I'll be honest with you. In this season, fear has been a constant. Fear of death. Fear of lack of resources. Fear of the future. Fear of the unknown. Fear of failing. Fear imagined. False evidence appearing real. Fear. And yet 2 Timothy 1 and 7 tells us God has not given you and I a spirit of fear, but of power. Amen. Amen. But of power. Listen to what it says. But of power and of love and of a sound mind. Amen. So in other words, I have all the resources I need not to be afraid. I'm not afraid. I'm not fearful, amen. That's why you need to buy my t-shirt back there that says kick fear in the face. I kick fear in the face, amen. Because we're going to move forward in the name of the Lord. I had to do that, amen. You know I did. Probably one, you know, we all have scriptures. Every one of us in our walk with God, we all have scriptures that we always point back to or we point at that gives us what we need, amen. I can remember a critical moment in my life back in 1990 when I was working for United Parcel Service and, and had gone through a terrible divorce and, 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 and went through some things in my life and didn't ever think I would be back in ministry and then God put me back in ministry again and, 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 I was, I, and basically I was at a point of decision. Do I stay with the company that I know I can build a career and have financial security with or do I step out into the unknown and evangelize and do what God has called me to do? There's a whole lot of fear, but about 3 o'clock one morning, laying on my kitchen floor in a fetal position, the Lord gave me this scripture, Isaiah 41 and 10. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will uphold you and help you with my righteous right hand. Hallelujah. And with that word, you put your eyes on the prize, and you keep moving forward in the name of the Lord. Amen. So let me ask you a question here this morning, because I know the answer, but I'm going to ask it anyhow. Are you ready? Are you ready to receive these promises, this word that I've, that's been bubbling in my spirit all week long, amen, that I want to give you today? Because I believe God wants to give you five things today so you can walk out of here with an, with an arsenal of help that you need, okay? Number one, hopes are going to be granted, amen? Listen, your fears will not be fulfilled and your hopes will be granted. That's what I heard the Holy Spirit saying, amen? Matter of fact, the Bible says in Proverbs 10 and 24, the fears of the wicked will be fulfilled, but the hopes of the godly will be granted, amen? I gotta say that again. The fears of the wicked will be fulfilled, but the hopes of the godly will be granted. I don't know about you, but that sets my feet to dancing, amen? That sets me to want to shout how, how God loves us so much, amen, that he's going to grant our hopes, amen? Now notice what the hopes are. The hopes are in you, the hope of glory in Christ, amen. That's the hope right there. So if you have been righteous by Christ, you've been made righteous by Christ, you belong to him. I am his and he is mine, amen. And, that, and so what the proverb says there, the fears of the wicked will be fulfilled. And then he says, but your fears will not be fulfilled, amen. Your fears will not be fulfilled because why? Your hopes are going to be granted because you're godly. You're walking with God. That's why I can hold my head up high. That's why I can worship him and praise him and magnify him, amen. Because I understand what he's saying there. Because I'm believing that the thing that you fear will not come to pass and the hopes that you have are going to be granted in Christ. Can somebody shout amen? My, 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 hallelujah. 
not to and it goes to that next scripture there on the screen Jeremiah 20, 29-11 we all know this scripture for I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you a hope and a future amen that's God's plans for every one of us in this room here today and those that are watching online that's God's plan he wants to give you hope he wants to give you a future and, 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 and notice something else in God's word. God's plan is always to make you prosper and be in good health. Now notice what I said there. His plan is what he wants to do. Amen. You just have to get out of the way sometimes. We got quiet now. Did I tell y'all I preach long messages when people are quiet? Amen. Because I'm just like a, a well digger. I'm trying to find the right place, amen. I'm just trying to find the right place. But I'm, I'm telling you, folks, amen, your hopes will be granted. I mean, think about this for a moment. Not to harm you. It's in Christ. He wants to help you. And so Proverbs declares that, that if you're diligently seeking the Lord, your fears will not be fulfilled and your hopes will be granted. That's another reason you ought to go after God with everything that is in your heart and, life and mind, amen. You ought to serve Him with everything that you have. You ought to chase after Him as much as you possibly can, amen. Because when you do, hallelujah, to the Lamb, your fears will not be fulfilled and your hopes will be granted, hallelujah. My, my, my. my. Well, I'm going to go to number two. He's going to give you power. Amen. God will give the power to accomplish all the good things that your faith prompts you to do. Can I say that again? God will give you the power to accomplish all the good things your faith prompts you to do. Now think about this. The Word said, here's what Paul wrote to the Thessalonians. So, keep, so we keep on praying for you. Asking our God to enable you to live a life worthy of His call. May he give you the power to accomplish all the good things your faith prompts you to do. Amen. What I'm saying there is God will empower you to keep your commitments. If somebody gets saved. Sometimes we wonder, how, how, how are they going to stay saved? With, uh, how, how are they going to make it? Amen. Listen, God comes along with his power to help you keep your commitment. Amen. You're not out there on an island by yourself. You, you are right where God wants you. And so what he does, he comes right alongside of you, right in front of you, right behind you, empowering you to keep your commitments. Amen. What has seemed hard to accomplish? What has seemed hard to do? And yet I hear the Holy Spirit saying that, that, that whatever has seemed hard to accomplish will be easy in the new season that you're going to come into, amen. Why will it be easy? No, it won't look easy to the natural eye. It won't look easy to the natural mind. But it will be easy because you've got the power of Jehovah Jireh. You've got the power of Jehovah God. You've got the power of God, the Holy Spirit, backing it up, amen, to help you keep your commitments to God, amen. My, 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 my. Praise God, hallelujah. Listen, to what he, listen God's grace. Well, I've got to say something about God's grace. Uh, see, see, God's grace is the empowerment to do 
the good things your faith is prompting you to do. When Paul had to battle a thorn in the flesh, and three times he would ask God to remove it from him, and the answer would be, my grace is sufficient for you. And what God was saying to him is, I'm going to give you the empowerment to do the good things that your faith is prompting you to do in spite of the thorn of the flesh that you've got. Amen. And I may be saying something like that to somebody here this morning. In spite of what you're going through, God says, I'm going to give you the grace you need in the time and the hour of your trouble. Amen. My, my, my. Each day, you understand, is a new opportunity to receive the grace and the mercies of God. The Bible says that his mercies are new every morning. Amen. How his mercy endureth forever. Listen, I don't think any of us here today can cap or put a cap on the grace of God I don't even think in our finite minds we cannot even think infinitely and when you think about God's grace it is infinite now don't get me wrong people try to cheapen grace they try to tell you that grace covers everything so you can live however you want to live do whatever you want to do because you're covered by grace that's a lie. That's a lie. That's deception from the evil one. Because that's not what God tells us in his word. What God tells us in his word is you have this grace that where sin doth abound, grace doth much more abound. And I had this thought recently when I look at so much that's going on in our world and I see sin rising and I see, I see ungodliness and lawlessness rising and I see all the abounding of sin and I'm, all of a sudden the Lord said, can you imagine how much my grace aboundeth more? <laughs> can you imagine how much my grace aboundeth more? I'm able to give grace even in the midst of the biggest struggle of our lives, amen? Hallelujah, hallelujah. My, oh, somebody ought to lift their hand and say, thank you, Lord, for your grace today, man. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Every day is a new opportunity to receive his grace and, and to forget those things that are behind you, reach into those things that are before you and pressing toward the mark of the prize of the high calling, which is in Christ Jesus, amen. So here's a prophetic promise. He will give you the power that you need, amen. Hallelujah. The third promise. He will reward your diligence. He will reward your diligence. My. God will raise the level and reward of your diligence as you are seeking him more. The Bible says in Hebrews 11 and 6, and everybody probably in this room can quote it, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Amen. What did Jesus say? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. What things? All these spiritual things, all these good things, all these righteous things, all these holy things, all the promises of God will be added to you when you do what? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, amen? 
Because you see, the more diligent you are in seeking the things of God, the more diligent you are in staying in the Word, the more diligent you are in your prayer life, the more diligent you are with fasting before God, if the more diligent you are in helping others that are in need, the more diligent you are in obeying God and keeping His commandment and keeping Him first, the more diligent you are, amen, do you realize you have great reward that is going to be released into your life, amen? And I don't think many of us realize what that is all about, amen? We have great reward. See, all I want to hear is, well done, thou good and faithful servant, amen? That's all I want to hear. Listen, we're all the same. There are no big I's and little U's in the kingdom of God. The, the ground at the foot of the cross is level. We all need the same blood. We all need the same salvation. We all need the same help, amen. And we all stand on level ground before the throne of God. Can I get a witness in the house, amen? Yeah. Hallelujah. And all we're looking for is well done. Well done. See, God's not as, you see, God's not as much, he's not like you and I. He's just not like you and I. He, he, don't, he don't look at things the way we do. You know, we, we take these, cell, these little smartphones that think they're smarter than they ought to be. We'll take these things and we'll go in places like of social media and we'll watch our friends and families and, and different people and they'll post things on there. And, and, and do you realize that most of them that post things on there, I'm not telling you that they all lie, but they all lie. Amen. <laughs> Hello? They all make it sound better than it ever was and better than it ever can be. And then you look at that and you start comparing your life with their life and you're thinking, God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you forgotten me? Why did you give me this man for a husband? Why couldn't you give me that other one over there? Amen? Oh, come on. He's so good to her. Why ain't you good to me? Amen? And boy, it will mess you up. Because comparison is a joy thief. Amen. Comparison is a joy thief. If you always live your life trying to live up to the Joneses, if you're a Jones in the house, I'm not talking about you specifically, amen. Hello, just want to make sure that's out there. I mean, but if you live your life trying to always keep up with somebody else or comparing yourself, you're going to have a joyless life. And you're going to be miserable, amen. But every day is that new opportunity, amen? Every day we have the opportunity to experience God and His presence. And I believe that great reward is going to be released into your life as long as you remain diligent and fearless. Can somebody shout amen? amen. Number four, get ready for this one. Amen? Seasons of suddenlies. God has prepared a season of suddenlies. Pastor's daughter up here talking about she loves surprises. Well, she don't love them like I do. I love presents. I love surprises. I love things that happen that just knocks my socks off, amen, in a good way. Come on, amen. It don't bother me one bit. Now, I know some people, they are, they are just terrible people and they don't like to party and they don't like to have a good time. And they don't like to have joy and they don't like, listen to me, I love all of those things, Amen. Amen. And I, I'm not trying to make it all about me, but I like me. Amen. 
Hello? I like me when I'm being surprised with a party. Come on, somebody. Amen. Matter of fact, the Bible says it, Proverbs 25 and 2, it is God's privilege to conceal things and the king's privilege to discover them. I like the discover part, amen? You let God do whatever he wants to do to hide things, but I like it when, it's recover, when I see it and I have it. Listen, I have felt this so strongly in my spirit for a long time. There's a season of suddenlies that many of you have already experienced, but many of us are going to experience, amen? I'm talking about sudden outpourings, amen? Sudden revival, sudden breakthrough, sudden turnaround, sudden provision. Come on, somebody. Sudden healing, sudden miracles. Oh, I just feel like the Holy Ghost is speaking that, hey, it's going to come in such a way. Sometimes it's going to be waves of glory. Sometimes it's just going to be season after season of suddenlies, sudden outbreaks of the presence of God. Amen. My, 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 hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. Amen. Sudden awakenings. The Bible said it in Acts chapter 2. And suddenly there was a sound heard from heaven as of a mighty rushing wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting and cloven tongues of fire set upon each of them as they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. Amen. It was a suddenly, a sudden outpouring. Suddenly, after 10 days of praying and 10 days of probably trying to get rid of all the troubles in their life, coming before God and talking to one another, all of a sudden they had a suddenly breakthrough, amen. I was reading earlier this year, back in April, I, I picked up an article and uh, I was reading about this church. I don't know if you've heard about it, but there's a Baptist church. Yeah, Baptist, I said Baptist. Baptist church in Hendersonville, Tennessee that is experiencing a mighty spontaneous revival, amen. When I read the article, uh, you know, of course, it was written by the Baptist press, and I'm not trying to cast any, you know, aspersions on, you know, the Baptist press, but they're not going to talk about Pentecost like me and you are going to talk about Pentecost, amen. And they're not going to give any validity to it whatsoever. They're going to kind of tamp it down just a little bit. But, I, but reading between the lines, something significant happened to that pastor, okay? Something significant happened. I just believe it was the Holy Ghost, you know? I just believe it's the Holy Ghost. I believe he got baptized in the Holy Ghost and he had a personal experience with God like none other. But what drove him to a moment of fasting and prayer is two of his best friends in ministry in the previous year both committed suicide. And he said, and he, he came to a place and said, how can this be? How can this happen? They're preaching the word. They're, they just preached in my pulpit six months ago. Another one a year ago preached in my pulpit. How in the world, these are my best friends, how did they come to a place mentally that they could pull the trigger and commit suicide? And it drove him to fasting and prayer. He, he just he went into a season of fasting and prayer from what this article said. And in his season of fasting and prayer, he just felt like God spoke to him. And he had a spontaneous infusion of God's power in his life. So they planned a baptismal service on December the 20th. Now, that's the only church I've ever heard of planning a baptismal service on the Sunday before Christmas. Okay, I mean, give me, give me a break here, okay? And they were only going to baptize 21 but they ended up, before it was over, spontaneously there was a move of God and people, 91 people were baptized by the end of the service. Yeah. 
That's not the end of the story. They began to experience in their services what they would call spontaneous outbreaks. They wouldn't say it was the Holy Ghost. They wouldn't say it was uh, whatever, but people would come to the altar in the middle of the service. People would come to the altar in the middle of the sermon. People were, people were coming to God. And by the middle of April, when I read this article, over 1,000 people in that community had been baptized. Amen? Now, now get, don't get me wrong. Baptismal is our public celebration that we've chosen to walk away from our old life and walk into a new life in Christ. Amen. And I understand that. So baptismal is not, is not the, 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 the be-all, one-all, whatever you want to call it, of salvation. But here's the deal. 75% of those that were baptized had never been baptized, had never been to church, were unchurched, had never known God, had just now come to the first knowledge of God. If you can imagine that, God was sending revival to reach the lost, the unchurched, the broken and the hurting, amen. There was a sudden release of revival. That's what I'm asking God for. I remember as a 14-year-old boy, evangelist, preacher, you know, I started preaching when I was 13. I was called to preach. I remember I went to a revival service one night with my, with my pastor. And he was preaching the service in another town about a few miles over in Bamberg, South Carolina. The church then was probably about the size of this one section over here. Cut a wall in between. That's how big the church was. It was just a small place. Probably only hold about 70 people, 75 at the most. And we were in revival. And we had a spontaneous Outbreak of the Holy Spirit. Matter of fact, the only time, first time, and the only time I've ever seen this, in the middle of the altar service, all of a sudden there was a evident blue smoke that began to hover over the whole sanctuary, and and we recognized it. It was the Shekinah glory that you read about in the Book of Exodus. It was the Shekinah glory. They just hovered over that. There was not a dry eye in the place. There was not a person standing. There was not a person that would, that, listen, healings were taking place. People were being baptized in the Holy Ghost. People were being saved. People were laying out on the floor. And this, it was just hovering. The glory of God, the power of God had suddenly manifested himself in that place. And right in the middle of that, the back door of the church swung open. And about five people come running in. And the reason they came running in is they saw a fireball on top of the roof of the church and they thought the church was on fire. So they were running in to rescue the people and tell them the church is on fire. And when they ran in, they ran right smack into the Shekinah glory of God, fell on their knees, repented of their sin, baptized in the Holy Ghost. God did a miracle in their life. Would to God. I said, would to God we would have that happen again, amen? A Shekinah glory of God. A suddenly. Listen, there are hidden new things that God has in store for every one of us. And he will cause you to discover them, to bless you and to empower you in new ways as you seek him and his kingdom, amen? He'll do that. <laughs> he has his way in the whirlwind. Nahum chapter 1 and 3 says, The Lord is great in power and slow to anger. And he has his way in the whirlwind. You want to know what whirlwinds are? They're suddenlies. He has his way in the suddenlies. 
in the storms. We don't like our storms, but God brings storms in our lives to perfect us, to purify us, to cleanse us, to change us, to redirect us, amen. And so he'll bring a storm into your life to get you on the path that he wants you to live in so that you'll look to him and not the government. You'll look to him and not somebody else. You'll look to him and not some doctor. You'll look to him as your only source and your only hope, amen. That's what, that's what you do. You look to him. <laughs> and he has his way in the, in the storms and, and the clouds are the dust of his feet. So what's over your head is under his feet, amen. Do you understand that? That whatever's cloudy today is under his feet? <laughs> Some of you need the clouds to dissipate so you can see the feet of our Lord. Walking on it, Amen. Walking on the very thing that's troubling your mind. Walking on the very thing that's causing your fear. Walking on the very thing that's causing your trepidation. Walking on the very thing that's keeping you from your purpose. Amen. And he walks on it. Hallelujah. And he sends seasons of suddenlies. And finally, the last promise. This season will be God's time to finish what he started. Amen. Listen, I know there's a vision in this house. I know there's a dream in this house. And sometimes you look at it and you wonder, when, Lord, when, how, Lord, how, where, Lord, where? But I can also tell you God has a set time for it to come to pass, amen? And he will not stop until it's finished. The Bible says in Psalms 105 and 19, until the time came to fulfill his dreams, Joseph's character was tested. Now, I'm going to get some weeds here for just a moment. We don't like the testings of God. Hello? None of us do. I don't like them. But you know, in other words, but, but before you can experience your dream, before you can experience all that God has for you, it's going to be tested. And in the times of testing, you've got to make up your mind, I'm going to be diligent and fearless. And I'm not going to quit. Amen. Just because you're being tested does not mean you're out of the will of God. Quite the opposite. It most likely means you are in the will of God. And now you're being tested. Are you going to give up? Are you going to quit? Or are you going to stay the course? That's the point. See, if any good teaching I got growing up in the, earth, in the church I grew up in, it was this. If you were going through a tough time, it just simply meant you were right on the right path you need to be on. So stay the course, amen? That's what we always were learning. We got so, Lord, we got so many jellyfish-backed Christians today that have no backbone, no stick to no commitment, that the first sign of trouble, oh, God must not love me. No, he loves you, so he disciplines you. He loves you, so he, oh my. Now that's what's wrong with parenting today too. Let me go on there too, amen. There's a lot of parents that don't know how to parent because they don't know how to discipline. They give that little Susie and little Johnny everything they want and they're spoiled rotten. And the only people that should spoil children are grandparents. Hello? Come on somebody, Amen. You know I'm telling you the truth. My sons tell me all the time, Dad, you, don't, you didn't treat us like you treat your grandchildren. I said, yeah, they're grand, aren't they? 
Hallelujah, amen. Don't ever let me see you speak bad at them or, 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 or spank them. I'm going to get in between you and them, amen. I wouldn't do that, but I think about it sometimes, amen. But, but whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourgeth every son. In other words, he does not spare the rod and spoil the child. He does what he has to do to get what's inside of you out of you. Because there's some things in us that we cannot go into God's promise holding on to. So he wants to get it out of us. He wants to finish what he has started. Be sure, this is what Paul said in Colossians. He said, be sure to carry out the ministry the Lord gave you. Now why would he say something like that? He was trying to tell him, make sure you finish. Make sure you stay till the end. Don't quit. Because every dream and every vision will have a test. No matter what it is. Every dream and every vision will have a set time that God wants to see it come to pass. So when you have passed the time of your testing, now the time for the Lord to fulfill the dream and the vision is at hand. Here's what I feel like the Lord is saying to the church. This has been a testing season. There are people that will never come back to church. Hello. And I'm not disparaging anybody online. But if you're staying home because it's more comfortable to stay home, shame on you. Because the Bible tells us in the last days we should not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. And we are living in the last days. If you're staying home because you're fearful, I can understand, but then I don't understand. Because God does not want you living in fear. Amen. And if you can go to Walmart, to the bank, to a restaurant, to the lake, to the beach, to the river. Come on, somebody, amen. And you can't come to church, shame on you again. I may never get to come back to Rodney Pike, but that's all right. I'm going to preach the word anyhow, amen. I'm just telling you, shame on us. Because that's not what God wants us to do. And I understand this has been a testing season. I was one of the first ones that had COVID in my county. Number three, I closed my revival out on March 18th of last year. On March 19th, I'm driving home up I-95 from Columbia, South Carolina. I get a call from the pastor, and he says, you have been exposed. My first question to him was, exposed to what? <laughs> COVID. He said, You're, he said my administrative pastor has COVID. I'm being tested the day you need to be tested. I said, well, if I got it from anybody, I got it from you. He's a good friend of mine. I said, because you were hacking and coughing all around me all week. And I wasn't around the administrative pastor except for one handshake. And that was on Saturday. So, I got COVID. It didn't... It, I was sick. Fatigue was my biggest problem. 
I had headaches and body aches. I had almost all the symptoms. Didn't have to go to the hospital, thank the Lord. Didn't have any breathing issues, thank the Lord. The point I'm simply making is I've, I've had it. I've got the vaccine. Listen, I know there are conspiracy theorists out there that say, oh, they're going to put a chip in your arm. I put a magnet up to where they put that shot, and it fell off my arm. <laughs> Somebody online said, if you put a magnet up there, and if there's a chip in there, it will hold the magnet on your arm. When it fell, I said, well, thank you, Lord. There's no chip there. Amen. <laughs> and I, I'll be honest, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I, I just don't, I, I have a hard time believing that Government, people in government want their people killed and hurt. I don't believe people that work in our government want that to happen. Now, don't, don't get me wrong. There's some idiots that work in our government. Hello, amen. But I don't think they're idiotic enough to try to kill people by the millions. I just don't think that. And you may not agree with me. That's all right. You cannot agree with me. Just don't tell me about it, and I'll be all right, amen. Come on. I, that's what I tell my wife. I said, you can disagree with me all you want to disagree with me. Just don't tell me you're disagreeing. Somebody says, how's that working out for you? Not really good. Amen. <laughs> See, I still haven't learned my lesson after 28 years there. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Amen. You know what I'm telling. The point I'm simply saying, I believe with all my heart that the season of testing that we've been in is going to bring us into a season of revival. Like the church has not seen, amen. I believe, oh, go ahead, give the Lord a hand clap of praise in this house. Hallelujah. And I believe with all my heart these five promises that your hopes are going to be granted, that you're going to have the power that God gives you behind you, that he's going to reward your diligence, that you're going to experience seasons of suddenlies. Mm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that God is going to finish what he has started. He who hath begun a good work in you will complete it, amen? He will finish it. Now whether it's me standing in glory face to face or whether it's on this side of heaven, amen, he said, I'm going to finish what I have started in you. Now, I've got to, I've got, I'm going to say one more thing, and I'm going to be done with this, this subject. I've lost a lot of friends. Some of them are younger than me. I know I only look 35, but I'm 60. Okay? But when, I, when you lose a friend that you grew up with at 56, and you lose another friend that you pay, preach for many times who's 57. And you have two other pastors that are 59 and another pastor that's 69. I mean, I can give you about eight or nine that, that, that I lost this year. When David Blair, our international director of youth and Christian education, passed away, we grew up together. We were kids. I served on his youth board when he was in Delmarva, D.C., when he presented me my four-year plaque for four years of service, he also had a picture of me, him, and my younger brother in their backyard in, in Thomasville, Georgia, playing together back in the late 60s, early 70s. So I'd known David my whole life. When he died, I was mad at God. 
I'll just tell you, I was mad at God. I said, God, this is not fair. You should have took me. Because what he's doing is so much more important. That's just my human kind talking. He's the international director of youth. He's reaching thousands of young people around the world. I'm just an evangelist. Of course, he whipped me up pretty bad about that statement, amen. God does that sometimes. He says, you don't tell me what to do. I'm God. And he is God. So I had to back up a little bit and say, okay, God. He said, I'm going to finish what I have started. And I heard it in my spirit. He said, I'm going to finish what I'm starting. And he said, until I'm finished with what I'm started, you're going to be on the battlefield. You're going to be out there at it. And I said, yes, Lord. Amen. you got to hear it, folks. So I want to tell somebody here. He wants to grant the hopes. He wants to give you the power. He wants to reward your diligence. He wants to give you seasons of suddenness. And he is going, somebody needs to hear this today, whether you're online. He is going, pastor, he's going to finish what he has started. You believe that when you stand to your feet, put your hands together and give the Lord a praise in this house. I just feel like we ought to praise him right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Heavenly Father, thank you for your word today. And thank you for your presence. Thank you, Lord, for hearing these words. So, Lord, I ask that as we look to you in a greater way this morning that you will do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to your power that is at work in us. Father, I pray that you will do it now, in this hour. In Jesus' name, amen. As your heads are still bowed and your eyes are closed, I would be remiss if I did not give an altar call. See, I cannot imagine living a life without Jesus. I cannot imagine living a life without his saving me and delivering me and helping me. And if you're in this room today and you do not know him as your personal savior, you've not confessed him as Lord of everything, you've not made him Lord of everything, and maybe there's something missing, something lacking, something broken in your life. But if you, you let me just ask this question. If you, if Jesus were to come today, or if you were to meet an untimely end to your life here on earth, do you know with a certainty that you are ready to go to heaven? And if you don't, what do you need to be ready? And all you need is Jesus. All you need is Him to be Lord of your life. So if you're not ready and you would like to make sure you're ready before you leave this place today, would you lift your hand right now? Anybody in this building? I'm scanning the congregation. 
then I'm going to assume everybody's ready to be raptured. Amen. Everybody's ready to be raptured. The Lord has really dealt with me about something else, and I'm going to do this today. I'm trying to shut something, I can't get it. 